Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to episode 10 of the BIH show and we're getting closer to the end of our season but what a show we have for you. Puckmaster's back, we have a fantastic big interview and a really good teammates for you to look forward to. What more could you want? Joining us this week, BBC ice hockey commentator Seth Bennett and Glasgow clans Craig Peacock have a go with our quiz. Which of these long-serving custodians to this sport will get the better score? Hmm, you'll have to wait and see. And after a blitz of signing news from Sheffield Steelers last week, we get some insight into the summer from the Steelers coach Aaron Fox, who's the subject of our big interview. And we head into the National League to hear from a man who confirmed his return to Leeds Chiefs last week, netminder Sam Gospel, who lifts the lid on Sam Zajac's men. That's not to be missed. But first, and as always, let's take a trip around the rinks. You're listening to the BIH Show. B-I-H. From BritishIceHockey.co.uk. This is BIH News. We start in Sheffield and not with the barrage of signings the Steelers announced this week, but we'll get to that in due course. But the news that Sheffield City Trust are closing a number of venues across the city, including the Fly DSA Arena, home to the Steelers, with a view to redundancies as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. The story broke on Monday that all the venues will be mothballed as a result of the government's end of the furlough scheme at the end of August, which is believed to be putting added financial pressure on the Trust. SCT Chief Executive Andrew Snelling said the leisure and entertainment industry was facing very challenging times. He said in a statement it has become apparent that concerts, shows and large attendance events will not be possible in the short and medium term, so this leaves us with decisions to make regarding how we sustain venues such as Sheffield Arena and Sheffield City Hall. There are also specific issues with some of our sporting facilities which means it may not be viable to open them safely even after we receive the go-ahead. Sheffield Steelers tweeted shortly after to confirm that the Fly DSA Arena wasn't closing permanently and that it was 100% untrue. At the time of recording, further information had not been forthcoming from the Steelers but may be out by the time you hear this. 
The EIHA have been awarded £343,000 from Sport England Sector Partner Fund as they work to continue supporting the nation to be active amidst the COVID-19 pandemic. Designed to support key partners in immediate financial need, the £5 million Sector Partner Fund is part of Sport England's £210 million support package to help the sport and physical activity sector through the ongoing coronavirus crisis. EIHA's director, Andrew Miller, said the Sector Partner Fund has allowed us to support our players, officials, coaches and volunteers in a really challenging time. Whilst we're all disappointed with the premature end to the season, the funding allows the EIHA to continue to support our sport and put in place plans for us to return to rinks as soon as it is safe to do so. Blackburn Hawks are in new hands as Graham Lomax and Carl Everett have taken the reins from Planet Ice. A statement on the Hawks website stated an initial three-year licence had been granted to Lomax and Everett to operate an ice hockey team under the name of Blackburn Hawks initially in Division 2 North League or the equivalent in the event that the league structure changes prior to the start of the season. Planet Ice will retain the intellectual property rights to the Blackburn Hawks so as to ensure that both the team operated by Lomax and Everett and the Blackburn Junior Hawks can utilise the name the Blackburn Hawks. Best of luck to them. Finally, on to the signing news, and it was the busiest week so far this year in the Elite League with Sheffield Steelers leading the way, announcing seven in one day. There were six players re-signed as Mark Olivier Valoran, Anthony DeLuca, Brendan Connolly, Tanner Eberle, Marek Tronsinski, Aaron Johnson and John Armstrong all returned. Well, the Steelers also confirmed the signing of defenceman Sam Jones, who joins them after a year with five flyers. Steelers coach Aaron Fox joined us for the big interview, and you can hear what he had to say later in the show after that breathless day of activity on Thursday. Elsewhere, Cardiff Devils had their own signing news on Friday when they announced the return of Evan Mosey for what will be his third season. The versatile D-man missed most of last season through a knee injury sustained playing for GB in that memorable game against France in the World Championships in 2019. He returned to put up seven points in nine games prior to lockdown and will be raring to go for a brand new campaign. Dundee Stars added to their pool as they recaptured defenceman Craig Moore from Scottish rivals Glasgow clan. Moore played for the Stars between 2015 and 2017 under Mark Lefebvre before moving to Cardiff Devils, followed by spells at five flyers then last season at the clan. Guildford Flames were boosted by news of a new player as defenceman Alex Yule was announced as coming to the club. The 25-year-old joins from the University of Ontario Institute of Technology, where he's played for the last five years and is the sixth name on Paul Dixon's roster and second new signing. Five Flyers fresh from losing Jones have also suffered a blow when it was announced forward Carlo Fenucci would be leaving the club to join Romanian side Corona Brasov. The 33-year-old moves on after four years in Scotland and after that it was a season with Swindon Wildcats before his move to Kirkcaldy. Sad one for the Flyers. We'll round up the rest of the news later in the show. This is the B.I.H. Show. B.I.H. Puckmasters. B.I.H. Quiz time and time for Puckmaster where we test the knowledge of our guest. I'm delighted to say our man this week has been a bit of a globetrotter recently. Well, certainly not for the last few months anyway. It's the BBC's ice hockey commentator himself, Seth Bennett. Seth, thank you so much for joining us on the BIH show. How has things been for you the last few months? Quiet. Really, <laughs> really quiet. I'm used to being in airport lounges at big sporting events or in freezing cold hockey rinks, one, one way or the other. Um, but it's, yeah, it's been very very odd but it's meant i've been able to move house and i've been able to spend a little bit of time with my wife and my two boys and that's never a bad thing is it absolutely not absolutely not and of course you're the chairman of uh, manchester storms uh, youth academy as well how's things been going from that point of view and how this has affected uh, those kids trying to play and develop oh it's an absolute nightmare from 
a hockey development perspective, there is only so much you can do during these times before the kids start to get, um, I suppose, disenfranchised or fed up or unmotivated. And it doesn't matter how good a kid you've got or how desperate they are to play hockey. You know, at the end of the day, if they can't see the end goal of, of getting on the ice and seeing their mates and, and playing some games and having some fun, it's very difficult to be doing the off-ice work where it just feels like you're going through the motions. So I think every single coach, every single hockey parent in the country will be absolutely desperate for the rinks to be reopened. And, you know, if we're lucky, I'm hearing that towards the, the back end of July, certainly mid to the back end of July, then uh, rinks can be open. And there's been some great news uh, in the not-so-distant past that, that, that cricket has been allowed to return there are other things that are going to be allowed to return sooner rather than later. We've got to hope that, that hockey is one of them and hockey is one of those sports that potentially is relatively low risk because the amount of gear the kids have got on and also the fact that in training at least you can socially distance to a, a pretty decent level. So if you offered me a training session where I socially distance the kids at one metre apart, I would absolutely snap your hand off right now. Well, here's hoping, as you say, it comes sooner rather than later. Right, well, we've got you on to take part in Puckmaster, our quiz. Ten questions, three points per correct answer. You've got two bonus categories to choose from as well, which I'll put to you in just a second. They give you six points per correct answer, altogether 39 points up for grabs. I think that's pretty easy enough. So your bonus categories I have for you are over the border or the finished article, and that's finish as in Finland, the country. Oh, goodness me. Um... Over the border. You'll go for over the border? Okay, that's your bonus category. I'll just make a note of that. Okay, here we just, go. Ten- just a hint of glee in your voice there means I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. You should know me by now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right, here we go. Let's get started with Puckmaster. Your first question. Which of these teams have never played in the Elite League? Basingstoke Bison, Milton Keynes Lightning or Telford Tigers? Telford Tigers. Bang on, three points, good start. Question two, Newcastle Vipers beat Sheffield Steelers 2-1 in the 2006 playoff final, but who did they beat in the semi-finals? Nottingham. Ah, it was Belfast. Belfast was, was Belfast. the correct answer. Okay, your bonus. Sheffield beat Nottingham. They did. Over the border is your bonus category, your first question in that for six points. In which decade were five flyers formed? The 19... 19- 1930s. 1930s. Absolutely correct. 1938 was the year they were formed. 1930s is correct. Okay, next question, number four. Which player was the scoring leader with 110 points from 71 games in the NHL before lockdown? Can you repeat the question? Which player was the scoring leader with 110 points from 71 games in the NHL prior to lockdown? Dry cycle. Oh, bang on. You're on form. Another three points. Well done. Question five. Who was the last team to be shut out in an Elite League playoff final? May need to think about this one. The last team to be ah, shut out. It's one of two. It's one of two. Sheffield Steelers. That's your answer? Yeah. Coventry Blaze. Coventry Blaze in 2016, the year later. They lost 2 0 to the Nottingham Panthers. That was 2016. One year out, I'm afraid. Never mind. Okay, question two in your bonus categories over the border. Jim Lynch coached them to a Grand Slam in the Super League in 1998 and they went out of business in 2002. What team was that? The Air Scottish Eagles. There you go. Another full house for your bonus. Well done. We move on to question seven. Which Elite League player has played nearly 50 times in international hockey for Belarus? Which Elite League player? I've got no idea. No? Not even take a stab at it? No. 
Charles Longley of the Cardiff Devils. Ah, Charles Longley. I wouldn't have got that one either if it's if it's any consolation. I was a bit surprised by that when I saw that. Okay, let's move on. Question eight. Which of these elite league coaches have never won the Coach of the Year award? Is it Ryan Finnerty, Paul Adey, or Gerard Adams? Ryan Finnerty. That's your answer? Yeah. It's incorrect. Ryan Finnerty won it in 2015 when he was the coach of what was Brayhead Clan. It's Gerard Adams um, was the answer to that one. Never mind. Yeah, I thought I thought he'd won it in the... Uh the year Cardiff set the record for the longest winning streak. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. That was a oh, surprise. Yep, yep. Okay, your final question in your bonus category over the border. Edinburgh Capitals. He'll give me some grief for that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Edinburgh Capitals reached the playoffs on four occasions in the Elite League with two coaches helping them do it. Richard Hartman was one. Who was the other? Edinburgh Capitals reaching the playoffs. Two coaches helped them do it. Hartman was one. Who was the other? Riley Emerson. That's incorrect. It was Doug Christensen. Oh, God, yeah, of course. Yeah, Doug did it in oh, 2008, course. 2009 and 2010. Hartman, of course, did it in 2013. Final question. You'll be glad that the pain's over after this. Uh, Manchester Storm's Tyson Fawcett recently committed to a second season with the club, but from which ECHL side did he sign from last year? The Wheeling Nailers. No idea. No. <laughs> it was Atlanta Gladiators. Ah, OK. So there Very we go. Good. Okay, your final score, 18. That's not bad. I, I, you know what? Acceptable. acceptable. You'll take that. <laughs> on, a, uh, on a July night, yeah, I absolutely will take that. There you 100%. Go. Yeah. There you go. I, I tell you what, Craig, hockey rinks and um, commentating on games at the very least feels so very, very far removed right now. Yeah. And it, it's, it's frightening, really, to think that, you know, the season was stopped midway through and all of a sudden we're we're kind of in flux, not knowing when any kind of hockey is going to be back, but certainly elitely level hockey and, and you know international hockey. All we know is that there is a date in the diary for the World Championships next year, but that's it. Mm. Um, and, and these are these are uncertain times, but I hope that I really, really hope that that you know by October time we can talk again about something that's a bit more exciting, like hockey on the ice, rather than doing a quiz. <laughs> right yeah do, doing a quiz that, uh, that I might be able to get a few more answers to <laughs> well Seth great to have you on your show great to catch up with you again it's been a while since we've spoke but uh, thank you so much for, for joining us 18 points you can you can take that away with you and enjoy your weekend right I'm just going to text Aaron Murphy uh, 12 points Murphy <laughs> 12 yeah <laughs> take care Seth thank you thank you Good night. this is the BIH show the Big Interview. My Big Interview guest this week is a man who came away from last season with some silverware to show for his efforts. He had quite a busy week indeed, and I'm glad to say he's joining us now on the line. It's the Sheffield Steelers coach, Aaron Fox. Aaron, thank you for your time this week on the BIH show. Just looking back on Thursday, quite a day um, for signing news from your club. What did you make of the interest it generated? Yeah, that was a fun way of doing it. Um, never seen that before. I mean, it's been a long few months here with no news. So, um, you know, I thought that it was great for our fan base and, and the city and the organization to get that out there and, and bring back that core, you know. So I thought it was a great day. Seven signings in one day, as you say. Something that we've not seen, certainly, in the, in the Elite League before. One new face um, you added in there as well. We'll talk about him a little later. But how long have you had these on the back burner before you could finally get them out there and reveal them? Well, most of those guys were done actually before they jumped on planes, um, you know, so we just kind of 
we re-upped a couple in season, um, and then a few more of those guys right when the season was ending before they went home, and and then Tron was a little bit later down the line. But, um, yeah, so it's been a while. We've had these guys, you know, lined up for next year for a while. Most most of them were pretty easy deals to get done. You know, they enjoyed their time here. They enjoyed the winning aspect of it, and they're all a little bit hungry for more. So it was, um, yeah, good group. I really like our core. I was going to ask you about that, obviously, last season. Looking back at it, you won the Challenge Cup, and then a week later, the season ended, and, and that was really the line drawn under that campaign. Is there the nagging feeling that as you got near the end of the season, you, you couldn't see it through, you couldn't get finishing to see where you could have ended up? Yeah, I mean, there was still plenty of hockey left to play. Um, you know, that Friday that Friday night game before the Sunday Challenge Cup game, that hurt us a bit, and I knew that it was going to be an uphill battle. Um, you know, but I looked at Cardiff's schedule and saw who they had down the line, and there were some tough games in there for them. Um, so when anything can happen this time of the year. You know, I, I liked our lineup or who we were playing as well down the stretch there. So we got Cardiff the last game of the year. And then I think we had Manchester twice, Dundee twice, um, you know, to finish off the year. So anything could have happened there. You know, it was it was frustrating. I was obviously very satisfied that we were able to, to close that game out. Um, you know, we got off to a great start. Cardiff had a heck of a pushback. Um, and then for us to, to win the only trophy available last year was huge for us as an organization, especially something that, that the club had been chasing for such a long time. Um, you know, I think it was 18 or 19 years since the last Challenge Cup for them. So it was great. It was great to get the only one available, that's for sure. And of course, again, bearing in mind, we, we didn't see the, the season through. How much can that be a fuel for next season for this team to really reach their potential? Well, I think that was, you know, a lot of the reason that we got so many of the, the guys we wanted back back was you know there was a little bit of unfinished business there is that the challenge cup victory left a good taste in our mouth but also want wanting more you know um there's a couple veteran guys there aaron johnson's one who i didn't know if he'd be interested in playing another year but i think that that just kind of fueled his fire a little bit he wanted to work hard over the summer get himself healthy and give a full go for for some more winning so it's um you know I, I, th- I think our goal last summer was to close the gap. I feel like we've done that. Now, you know, we retained a core, you know, championship core, if you will, since we, we did get a trophy. And, um, you know, there's still some work to be done here over the summer, you know, but uh, I like I like the direction we're, we're looking at the moment. Now, we'll touch on a couple of the guys that you announced on Thursday, but I want to start with Wednesday night, the news that Ben O'Connor wouldn't be returning to the team. Ben, of course, has been a popular player with the team the, the last few years. Given the value he's had to the team in recent years, how hard will it be to replace him? Um, yeah, I mean, again, I don't think you're going to be looking to replace Ben for a one-for-one with, with another Brit, you know. Um, you know, we, we, we ended up bringing in Sam Jones, who, you know, is coming from Fife, playing some big minutes for them, looking to take that next step. He was, you know, a, a lot cheaper than than what we, we had Benny on. And then you're looking at some imports to, to come in and fill that void um, that maybe you're going to lose from Benny from a, the offensive standpoint. You know, so it's it's never easy um, making decisions like that. And, and the, the direction of the club sometimes moves in, in ways that's hard for people to understand. But, you know, at the end of the day, it was it was a decision that, that we needed to make. You know, we offered Benny a deal and, um, you know, he decided that that deal wasn't what he wanted in the time frame that we were looking for. I know there's been stuff that's been said, and I, I think there's been enough said on it right now that I don't need to add to it. Um, 
but just from my my perspective it's you know benny good good guy good player um good teammate definitely will be missed i understand that he's been here a long time and some feelings from fans may may have been hurt in this but at the end of the day like uh, like i said um you know my my direction is organiza- organization first winning first mentality um i'm also a guy who i don't like to do many deals at once um you know so when we had that offer out to Benny, I wasn't I wasn't in, in, interested in making offers to other people at that time because I need to know how much money I'm going to have left in my budget to be able to do that. And when I talked to Benny on deadline day, and it was, day it was a hard no, um, you know. So I moved and and made it a couple offers to to one other guy, um, which we ended up getting done, which was Tronchinsky. You know, and that deal got done five days later on a Friday, which I probably am not able to get done. Um, with the Benny money, you know, if Benny would have taken that deal, I, I don't, I probably don't have that money to go in and then get that deal done with Tron. So everything's piece by piece. Um, you know, it is what it is from, from my point of view. Like I said, it's this, it's a business. It's, it's never easy. Um, I, I, I moved on and, and we'll go from there. Now you mentioned Sam Jones there, you brought him in from Fife, he was the one new face that was announced on Thursday. What persuaded you to bring him um, into your group? What was it you saw in him that, that made you think, he's a guy for me? Well, he's a big kid, I mean, plays very intense, got some offensive upside. I think that, you know, I don't think he's going to come in next year and be a top four guy in this league. You know, I think he's still got some development to do. Um, we got him on a two-year deal. So I think there's room for him to grow, and I don't I don't think it's fair to put that type of pressure on a kid as well to come in and and replicate what you know what 81 Benny was was bringing to our lineup. So I think if if he can come in and play you know 14 to 16 minutes hard minutes for me, be physical, um, get me stops in the D zone. He's got a good shot, contribute offensively a little bit, just chip in where he can. You know I feel like with the forward group we have coming back. Um, really solid offensive defenseman and Tronchinsky coming back. That it's it's not about where we're going to find our goals next year. It's about you know cleaning up our defensive end, making sure that we're playing a physical, hungry game. And I think that's where you know he wants to make a name for himself is on the big British stage. I think he wants to be a national team player someday. And he felt like coming to a top four organization and being able to prove that he can do it at this level, you know, at a club that's expected to have success will help him move his career along the right direction as well. So it was, for me, it was a, a good move for us to make. And there's a few U25s out there that I thought could could help us. And he was one of them. Now, I'm not a Steelers fan, but I'm a huge fan of, of Robert Dowd. And obviously it's well documented, the injury issues he had last year. Now, he's coming back next year, as you're as you really aware, of course. How much is he raring to go after the, the injury problems that he had? Yeah, I mean, he's healthy, uh, he's fit, he's hungry, you know, um, I think everybody who knows Robert's game is he plays the game hard and, and the right way as well, and he's going to be, who knows when this is going to be ready to go, but I know that when it is, he'll be he'll be dialed in, and he was he was on a 30-goal pace for me last year, he played up with uh, Cons and Valley for a while, he played down with Nikolai and Army for a while, you know, and it didn't matter where I put him, um, he drives the pace of the game, um he's tough when he needs to be tough so it's he's a huge addition um having him having him go down last year was you know it was something that we couldn't replace like we we end up having to shrink our lineup to basically a 10 
10 forward team down the stretch, you know, just because we weren't able to, to bring in an import to replace Robert Dowd. And, um, you know, that hurt us for sure at, at times. But, you know, it's, it'll be great to have him back. Now, Valoran and Connolly, who you mentioned, their, their points production was there for all to see. And, of course, it's a no-brainer why you brought them back. Were they the easiest to get tied up? Or, or was, was there someone else who was maybe a bit easier to get signed up compared to those two? No, I mean, I, I think, you know, when, when we started having conversations with, like I said, I try to do deals individually. So, you know, for a couple of reasons. Um, one is because I want to be able to know what I have left to spend on that next guy who I'm out there with. And the other is because, you know, you don't want guys to compare offers and, and negotiate against the club together. Um, so it was, you know, most guys that we got done, it, it wasn't a really hard thing to do. Um, they all enjoyed their time here. The organization here treats the players as professional as I've seen. Um, you know what I mean? So from that side of things, there's, there's really no issues. And then, you know, yeah, the fan support on top of that and, and the success. And I think they all felt like, you know, we could build something special here as well. And, you know, it's for me, it was cons and Valley were, were two huge pieces. Um, you can pretty much slot. I slotted a few guys in with them all year and it didn't matter who it was. There was success to be had there and having two guys that I, I know right away that I can pencil in our lineup next year on, on a top line, whether that's cons in the middle um, or cons on the wing, that's, you know, it's a good feeling. Now we're seeing more smiles on the Steelers fans' faces more recently, obviously going from the end of last season, they're having won the Challenge Cup. And of course, compare that to a couple of previous years where things didn't go so well for the club. Seeing that firsthand, what does that mean to you as a reflection of the work you've done at the club so far? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I think I've been pretty open and honest with my expectations um, coming to the club. You know, there were some other things potentially out there for me. And, you know, again, those were maybe some smaller budget clubs in, in different countries and um, I had went through that in Zagreb for six years where you know we were the smallest budget team in the KHL then we were the smallest budget team in the Austrian league for two years and you know um, the recruitment side of that isn't is fun but it isn't it isn't the hard part it's you know what I mean it's the it's a success driven mindset that I have and you know we were we were attempting to be competitive to, to make a be a playoff team at that level where here in Sheffield, you know, your organizational goals are to win everything every year. And I really, really wanted that on my resume. I wanted to go to an organization who expects to win, who who gives you the the opportunity to win, whether that's financially, professionally, um, the arena, the facilities. You know what I mean? Like for the UK, the, I, I believe Sheffield, you know, is a total package with the setup we have at the arena, the you know, the ownership, the, the management, it's all, it's all there for you, you know, so it's up to, it's up to you to go there and, and do the job and have success. But, you know, it's, it's, it's been, it, that, that side of it was so important to me that um, was the reason I took this job. Like I, I came here to win. I, I you know, it, it means a lot to me and it was great for us to, to, to find a way to be there in the end last year. Like I said, before the season, if we were coming down the stretch with, with an opportunity to win the league and, you know, be, be right there in the challenge cup and the playoff, you know, we were able to get that silverware in the, in the challenge cup and felt like, you know, we, we had more that we could have gotten last year. I think, I think it was uh, very rewarding um, for myself, you know, um, for our players, for our 
my my back office staff or our ownership group you know it's a it, it's not a small business that they run here and, and they run it very very well um and then for the fans you know what i mean you can like the heart and passion that they have it's it's incredible like you can see with the tweets from our players on on how special they make our players feel it's it's been it's been a fun ride it was a fun ride last year now you said back near the start about the fact you'd done a lot of the business before the guys got back on planes and went home before lockdown really kicked in but how has lockdown and the whole pandemic affected you and how you would normally go about your business at this time of year well that's i mean that's the flip side of it is is um you know now i think three months ago we all kind of felt like we'd be further along than we are now um you know when and things would be you know, I know things are opening up here, but there's still not a lot of movement on when venues and what it's going to look like, if it's going to be half capacity, if it's going to be up to 5,000 people, up to 3,000 people. You know what I mean? Those are, are things that we don't have answers on yet. So I just think from a financial situation, we've done those deals and, and now I've just kind of stopped and I'm waiting for, for more guidance, you know, from from Tony and, and Sean on what it's going to look like moving forward. I think, you know, they need to have some more answers on things as well before, you know, whether I can go spend a certain amount of money or, or a different amount of money once everything's said and done and we know what it's going to look like coming out the gate. So I've, I've worked on my craft, um, you know, normally in the summer I'm predominantly a general manager and work on the recruit, recruitment and, and all that side, which which I've still done, but not to the level that I've, I've normally done. You know, I've, I've done some coaching symposiums and have been working on the coaching side of my craft a little bit more than I normally would over the summer, um, you know, because there's, there's a lot to improve on personally as well for me there. You know, I've only been in the coaching aspect of this for a couple of years now, and, you know, there's, there's still um, some work to be done. So it's it's been a little bit different, and right now I'm just kind of waiting and seeing. I like the group we have coming back and feel like, you know, there's some holes to be filled still, but with the player market, the way it's looking at the moment, there shouldn't be any issue putting some, some good players once we know a little bit more. So for the next batch of sign-ins, are we going to get one at a time, or is there going to be another another day of, of PRs and, and all sorts of news coming out? Is there, is there a plan in place for that yet? Uh, no, I think I'll, you know, I'll leave that to our, our PR crew. <laughs> um, I enjoyed the way it was done. I thought it was, was interesting and exciting. You know, whether they do that year after year now where they go back to, you know, what do you want to call it, trickle feeding, signings out. It's. Um, I thought it was a fun day, though. I think our fans really enjoyed it, and who knows, who knows the way it'll pan out here. Excellent. Well, we certainly enjoyed it at British Ice Hockey, and we thank you for your time, Aaron. Thank you for joining us on the BIH. Oh, good. Oh, thanks for the call. This is the BIH Show. Teammates. BIH. Time for the fun part of the show where we get a player to divulge all about his teammates. I'm delighted to say on the line with me on the BIH show is the Leeds Chiefs netminder, Sam Gospel. Sam, thank you so much for joining us. Teammates, you were saying it was a bit of a laugh putting this one together. Yeah, no, I'm happy to be here and it, it prob- I'm, I hope it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> now, just before we start, it's probably a good time to mention the fact you've re-signed for next season. Just get some reflections on last year, given that Leeds were a brand new team playing in such a tough league. What was it like? It was it was tough to say the least. You know, we, we I knew what I was coming into um, first and foremost. You know, brand new team, brand new organisation. It's it's all very exciting. Um, and obviously, with the rink not opening, uh, it kind of got us off to a tough start. But you know. Um, a good good hockey team battles through, and that's what we did. And I think we 
we bonded very well over the over the course of the season, being such a, you know such a tight knit group, and it became very easy to you know put aside the the problems and everything like that, and just play hockey, which was nice. What's it like playing under Sam Zajac? Sam's obviously someone I know from his time up at, at Brayhead. What's he like as a coach? He's he's brilliant. Um, I played alongside him in Telford. Um, he's uh, he's he's just great. He's a good leader. He leads by example, and uh, he's he's strict. But he, you know what you're getting. Um, he's he's honest and he's to the point, which is which is what you want in a coach. Excellent. Okay, well let's get started. We've got your questions ready. You've got them ready for answering. So let's get yep. started with teammates. Who is the best hockey player in that local? Um, on my opinion, I think it's Kelso. Uh, he joined us. For a, you know, a short period of time when uh, he wasn't getting as much ice time as he wanted in in Nottingham, um, but he he's a guy that he just I think the best way to put it he he just does everything right. Um, the way he plays, the style of play, he's you know he's just got a good head on his shoulders, which is which is really easy to play and have in front of you as a as a goalie. <clears throat> of course, you would have been familiar with him from your time at the Panthers as well. How much do you think he's learned from from a lot of the some more established guys he's played with? I hope a lot. You know, he's a he's a clever kid, um, and he I think he, he's like a sponge. You know, he he just takes everything in and learns and everything like that. So when he when he joined us um, from Nottingham, he he jumped straight onto the PP and straight onto the PK as well. And you know, it makes a difference when when someone's out there with you know with a good head on the shoulders and does the right thing at the right time. Okay, we'll move on. Who is the joker? Uh, Miles Finney. Uh, he left us towards the end of the season, but, you know, he is he is a character. You know, he I've known him for a long, long time. Like, I think since we were about six or seven. Um, but, you know, we, we went in our different ways. I stayed on the ice and he went to roller. But rejoining together for this for the previous season, sorry, he, he is a character. You know, he, he kept the locker room happy and, you know, he... he Obviously, he, he was behind me, but he was, you know, one of the best backups I've ever had. You know, he he was excellent. You know, he he just kept kept the mood light, and uh, you know, he just kept the boys going. <clears throat> was he a bit of a prankster, or was it more just just his, his general attitude, his general upbeat nature? It was a mixture, really. He uh, there was one there was one one time um, we signed Patrick Valkak from previous from the Storm. Uh, who went over to Abu Dhabi, I think, but then we signed him uh, coming back. And he, as, as an older guy, uh, Patrick, but I think Miles just went straight after him. You know, he Patrick was you know introducing himself, going around the locker room, and Miles just went straight after him. He's like telling him he's the big dog in this changing room, and <laughs> you know, just just not letting him get a, a word in edgeways. And it was it was hilarious. You know, see an, you know, see an older guy. Uh, kind of be you know knocked off his feet a little bit and yeah. I don't, I, to be honest I don't think Patrick knew what to take of him really but you know <laughs> it was it was good stuff like all the boys got on board and you know he's brilliant <clears throat> so who's the best dancer who's got the moves I, I think Jerry Coulter um, he's you know he's a bit of a he's he just he does you know just one of those cool looking guys and uh, he knows how to put it around and he's a lot of fun now he's uh, a Scottish lad and he's brimming, brimming with confidence I think to say the least <clears throat> Speaking as a Scots lad myself, aren't we? Yeah. So Sam Zajac's exempt from this question because he is the coach. So yep. who is going to be a coach from y- your teammates? I think Streetly, uh, Bobby Streetly. Um, I think he's a similar age as me, but he, uh, like Kelso, he's got a good head on head on his shoulders, and you know he just has that right temperament, um, the right attitude to you know talk to players, uh, speak to them in the correct manner, and everything like that. 
Um, so he's my pick for who's going to be a coach, and uh, I hope he does. I think he'd really enjoy it. There you go. <coughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> so who in the locker room's got the worst taste in music? Um, this is when it gets down to it, doesn't it? Um, mm. I think Barnes, you'll probably hate me for saying it, but Adam Barnes, he... I don't really know what the music he likes, but it's kind of that heavy drum bass stuff, probably sounding terribly old, but um, he he likes all that kind of stuff, and it just sounds, it sounds like noise to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are getting old when you can when you can say that about music. Yeah. It sounds like a noise. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Right, so who's the fastest? Uh, I think maybe a surprise, uh, Lewis Baldwin, and I wrote, I wrote that, I've got my little notes here, um, but I think Lewis Baldwin and uh, Lewis Houston they they are like Lewis Bolden is just a powerhouse. You know he's he spent some time in Brayhead, I believe, um, right. and he is just you know all muscle, just a complete powerhouse. And he he just powers his way around the ring. Um, and then Houston, he is like a little you know pocket rocket, um, smaller guy, but you know very quick and very sturdy. Um, and he, he's he's good to have on your side as well. I've enjoyed having him uh, play in front of me. <clears throat> right, what's dress sense? Um, I'm going to go with the kid, Harrison Walker. Um, I'm, to be honest, I've never not seen him in a pair of trackers. Um, whether it, you know, obviously in the team dressing room or wherever, I've, I've just seen him swanning around in trackers. Never a pair of jeans or never anything uh, particularly upstanding, so to say the least. <laughs> Biggest Mona? Uh, this is a funny one. Um, there was a lot going on last year and there was plenty of things to moan about. Um, like not having a rink for starters, but the, the funny one for me was Copstyles. Uh, he's Canadian Brit, um, but he signed as a as our import. Um, he it was weird because he had that you know the, the soft Canadian accent, but he had that moaning streak. But it kind of took the edge off because he's with the Canadian thing. <laughs> it was just a, a weird one to be around. You know, he complained, but you think, oh, sounds sounds nice, so it's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> So who's most likely to get in a fight? And I've got one name on the top of my head. Let's see if you, let's see if you've got the same one. Zay Jack. Yep, that's him. Yeah, he's, yeah. Talking about leading by example, you know, he's uh, he's brilliant. Yeah, if there was times last year where the boys are a bit down, and um, he just took it upon himself to get the, get us going. Um, but he loves it. Even when we were in Telford together, he was you know straight in there for a for a tilt. I can remember um, when we were in Telford. There's a bench clearance against. Uh, Bracknell in Telford and uh, he, well, I'm not sure to his choice he partnered up with Bakalik um, he was a big boy mm. um, and then I you know, looked over the, at the bench and Tommy was Tommy Watkins was saying to me you know get involved and that was the, you know that was I was a younger guy then and I hooked my arm under Bakalik so he didn't have to feed Sammy so many and then uh, their goalie kept steaming down and that was my start of my first fight which uh, <laughs> probably ended quite abruptly but I won't be doing it again <laughs> I mean, I'm just talking about Zajac and, and getting into himself in those situations. I remember a game when he was at Brayhead, and you might remember this. You might have been with the Panthers, um, mm. and he, he got into a bit, a bit of a scrap with Guillaume Lupine. Yeah. <laughs> when you look at the size of Sam and the size of size of Big Lupine, it's like, whoa, that's a bit of a mismatch. Somebody actually yeah. liking them to scrappy do actually. That's yeah. Sam, not Guillaume, for interest. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, just kind of sums up that question nicely. Right, um, we're getting into the last couple now. Most intelligent, who's got the who's got the brains in the locker room? Uh, Boothroyd, um, he is just brain box. Um, he is he is clever. You know, he he's got masters and everything. I, I reckon, um, but he is you know he's he's a clever boy. Um, I'm not sure if he's continuing playing, but it was a pleasure to have him on the back end. Um, 
even even to his hockey hockey brain, you know, he, he never did anything wrong. He was never in the wrong position. Um, always made a good first pass, and, and I think he's just a brain box off the ice as well. So who's the least <laughs> intelligent? This one might get you in trouble. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ethan Hare. He, he, I don't know. He he was quite a um, younger guy, but he just sometimes I'd just like glance over and be just staring at the ceiling, or you know, when when I was younger, we'd call them space cadets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he, he sometimes I'd catch him, and he'd just be you know just staring into space. Uh, so he's my pick for the least intelligent. I'm sure that'll go down well. <laughs> yeah. And the final question: Who is the longest in the show? Zajac. Yeah, there was. Uh, um, and myself, you know, we we just talk and talk, and like guys would be gone, showered, suited, and we'd just look across the room, and he'd be, we'd both be in our, you know, our, like half kit. I'd be in my pads, he'd be in, my, in his skates, and we'd just be talking, and much to the delight of uh, family members, I'm sure. There we go. That's the pain over, Sam. Well done. Who are you expecting feedback from on this one once they hear it? Um, probably Barnes and uh, <laughs> Ethan. Yeah, I threw him under the bus a little bit there, but you know, it's uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll probably let him score a couple in practice. That might help. Them. <laughs> That's good stuff. <laughs> Just before you go, Sam. Obviously, as I said at the top, they're back for for Leeds next year. It would have been a big learning curve, I think, for a lot of people at that club last year. You've got the rink and everything. A bit more of a positivity around the club looking ahead. Definitely. You know, we are. I said in the press release, my press release a couple of days ago that you know we've we are. We're picking up the guys that we want to pick up, and uh, you know we we're heading on the right track. We've I think we've got a bit younger, you know, a bit faster, a bit stronger, and that's always a key. You know, when when the league's like it is, and it's you know it's a tough league, and everyone's competitive, um, and I think that's what we learned last year. You know, there was no days off, um, especially for us. You know, sometimes we're a short bench and everything like that, but it is positive. You know, we're signing the right guys, and Sam's doing a great job and getting the right people and the right people off the ice too. Um, it's important to get good guys as well as good hockey players, in my opinion. Good. <clears throat> well, Sam, thank you so much for taking part in teammates. It's always a fun part of the show for me. <laughs> and best of luck for next season. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. You're listening to the B.I.H. Show. B.I.H. Puckmaster. B.I.H. Once again, time for Puckmaster and a chance to test the knowledge of one of our Elite League players. On the line with me is the Glasgow clan's very own number 71, Craig Peacock. Peaks, thanks for joining us on the BIHO. You've been doing a bit of quizzing through the summer, I believe, with some of your, your current and former teammates. Yeah, that's right. we got a bit of a weekly or it's turned to bi-weekly now as life's starting to become a bit normal again. Uh, Zoom quiz that we do on a Wednesday night with our partners, so that's been some good fun. So who's, who's come out on top? I know Matt Haywood's involved, Zach Sullivan, I think, mentioned it to us a few weeks ago. Um, Barry McKenzie, who's, who's the, the pick so far? Um, the Haywoods normally do quite well. I'd like to say that we do quite well ourselves. Uh, we'll put Barry and Sully down at the bottom most weeks. <laughs> good stuff. So how do you think you'll get on here then? Um, this could be tricky, I don't know. It depends what where the questions sort of lead me but i think my ice hockey knowledge is all right so we will see what happens good stuff right well it's 10 questions three points per correct answer apart from the bonus questions there are six points 39 points up for grabs in total and i'm about to put to you your bonus categories which are golden oldies or the finished article and that's finished as in finland the country um golden oldies then Golden oldies, I had a feeling you might go for that one. Okay, right, here we go. Let's get started with Puckmaster, and we'll give you your first question. From which Elite League club did Coventry Blaze sign Dylan Lawrence in 2018? 
Um, I believe Edinburgh Capitals. Bang on, three points, good start. Okay, question two. Nottingham Panthers defeated Cardiff Devils 2-0 in the 2012 Elite League playoff final, but which team did they beat 10-3 in the semi-finals that year? Um, I remember this because we were in the other semi-final. I think it was Hull. Hull, correct. Hull Stingrays, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. You're correct. Belfast played Cardiff in the other semi-final. Okay, yeah. Golden Oldies, question one for your bonus. Which player started his career with Durham Wasps in 1993 and continues to ice playing for Telford Tigers last year in the NIHL? Uh, has to be Jonathan Weaver. Jonathan Weaver, three out of three, well done. Next question, which player scored two goals for Sheffield Steelers in the Challenge Cup final against Cardiff earlier this year? Um, Cons or the other guy? I think it was the other guy. Uh, Valorand? I'm afraid not. It was Michael Davis. Michael Davis got no. the first goal and the fourth goal. Never go. mind. We move on. Question five. Who wore the number 51 jersey for Guildford Flames last season? Um, 51. Was uh, Reddick. It was. Cruz Reddick. There we go. Yeah. Four out of five. Well done. Okay, the next question in your bonus category. Golden Oldies. Which player signed for Nottingham Panthers in 2012-13 and by the end of the season, at the age of 38, had picked up 113 points in 70 games in all competition? Uh, um, what, what year was that, did you say? 2012-13 season. Uh, David Ling. Oh, you're on fire. Another six points, well done. <laughs> there you go, I can get the feeling you're feeling quite pleased with yourself for that one. Number seven. <laughs> Which four-time Elite League winning player became coach of Basingstoke Bison in 2018? Um, Ashley Tate. Ashley Tate. There we go. One incorrect so far in this run. Well done. Number eight. We're getting near the end. Two Elite League players have won all three conferences. That's the Gardner, the Earhart and the Patton conferences. Mike Will was one. Who's the other? Oh, oh, that's a tough question. Um, oh, my God. I actually don't know. Nope. No, 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 not a clue. Not even hazarding, I guess. Well, I'd say Barry McKenzie because he's played for every team in the Elite League. It seems <laughs> like, but I, I know it's not him. <laughs> yeah, Barry's had more clubs in the US Masters, but no, it's not Barry. It's uh, Paul Swindlehurst. Um, oh, won the Gardner yeah. with Dundee, Earhart with Belfast, and the Patton with Manchester. Okay, yeah. final question in Golden Oldies, your bonus category. Tony Hand finally retired as a player in 2015. Hanging up his skates with Manchester Phoenix in the EPL. What age was he when he did so? Um, he's going to be in his 40s somewhere. 47? Oh, bang on. Really? Bang on. 47 <laughs> years old, yep. Five years ago. What a, what a Tony's guess. now 52. My maths isn't the best, but I think 5 from 52 is 47. We'll go with that. Oh. And final question. From which Scottish city do the Lynx play in the SNL? Lynx. Um, uh, oh, Aberdeen. Aberdeen, that's three points, well done. Okay, all over, seven out of nine, and if my mathematics is correct, and I think it is, that's 33 points. Nice. That is fantastic, Craig, well done. See, it wasn't as hard, was it? Well, my ice hockey knowledge is a lot better than I realised, actually, I thought <laughs> I was going to struggle. And I thought I'd caught you out with a couple of those there, but no, not well done. I'll just do my final oh. tally, just to be sure, 6, 12, 15, 21, 24... 30, 33, yep, 33 points just to be sure, well done, Lovely. there we go there we go, that sets you up nicely what's the lead? You, you've you got the top score oh, there you go, there you go. congratulations, you've overcame you Carlo Finucci who was on 24, but that's quite oh, yeah, a so that's quite a score to beat, well done Craig thank you very much, thanks for coming on the BIH show, when when do you think we'll see you back in action, as uh, things start to ease off a little bit? Um, well obviously hopefully as, 
as soon as possible. I think everyone's starting to really miss their hockey now. It's um, It seems like the longest off-season ever already, but hopefully at some point in 2020 they can manage to get the season back underway and Obviously, it all depends on, on government guidelines, I assume, for fans and things like that. Um, so it's just a case of waiting and seeing. Well, Craig, thank you so much for coming on Puckmaster and the BIH Show. And hopefully we'll, we'll see you again soon. Thanks for having me. This is the BIH Show. B-I-H. From BritishIceHockey.co.uk. This is BIH News. Let's go back around the rink starting in the NIHL National League where Sam Gospel, the netminder, has re-signed with the Leeds Chiefs. Callum Wells has re-signed with Raiders. Sheffield Steelers pair Alex Graham and Cole Shudra have signed two-way deals with the Sheffield Steel Dogs and Rio Grinnell Park has returned to MK Lightning for the new season. In NIHL 1 South, Sam Sean and Ollie Sean have both re-signed for Oxford City Stars. David Milner has joined Streatham from Bracknell Hornets. Jake Stedman, the forward is back with Invicta Dynamos. Andy Monroe has re-signed with Chelmsford Chieftains and Richard Facey has confirmed his return to the Solent Devils. In NIHL 2 South, Solomon Smith has returned to Haringey Husties after three seasons away and he's went and signed a two-way deal with NIHL 1 Southside MK Thunder. In the SNL, Stephen McDonald and Ethan Meldrum, two D-men, have both confirmed their return to Kirkcaldy Kestrels while Murrayfield Racers have confirmed that Jack Wright is back with the club. 21-year-old has committed for a second season in Edinburgh. On the website we've rounded up the signing news from the last few days in our latest blog we wonder if the Elite League have missed an opportunity with their shirt auction and the story of Ben O'Connor's departure from Sheffield Steelers. That's all there on their website britishicehockey.co.uk You're listening to the BIH Show BIH well, it's time to call it a day, I'm afraid. I know, I know. And we're drawing a line under this week's episode, but once more, we'll be back next week with more from around the world of British ice hockey. My thanks go to Seth Bennett, Craig Peacock, Aaron Fox and Sam Gospel for their contribution, as well as the customary shout-out to producer Stuart for, well, you know. If you like what you've heard, subscribe by heading to your podcast provider, type British Ice Hockey into the search engine, and there you'll find it. And if you've any ideas about any possible features for the BIH show, please get in touch with me, either on Twitter at BIH Craig or at Brit Ice Hockey, or by email craig.anderson at britishicehockey.co.uk. Head on over to the British Ice Hockey website for features, news and blogs as we keep you updated throughout the summer. The website address britishicehockey.co.uk And in the meantime, stay safe, maintain social distancing guidelines and be careful when you do go out. I'm Craig Anderson, we'll talk to you soon on the BIH Show. Bye for now. Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.